When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. All right, good to have you tuning in tonight. Just had that uh, listener write in about Evan Bouchard turning the puck over. The NHL on its official game sheet keeps a stat for giveaways and a stats for takeaways and, and, and a stat for takeaways. And the way this was explained to me by a member of the stats crew a few years ago is that it can't be both. So if if I pass the puck and Kellen is on the other team and Kellen intercepts the pass, it is not both a giveaway by me and a takeaway by Kellen. It's it's they judge who either made the bigger mistake or who made the better play to get the puck. So if uh if, if I'm not pressured and uh I got a a wide open guy a zone away and I pass to him and I totally uh, fan on the puck or I, I'm just so awful. It goes 40 degrees off to the side and it goes to Kellen. They would credit me, so to speak, discredit me perhaps with a giveaway. Uh, if, if I was, uh, if, if I had a, a pass to a player who was relatively close to me and uh you know, Kellen was was back checking. Say we had a two on one, uh, and Kellen's on the other team, and he's back checking. And I, you know, put a saucer pass across, and it's four inches off the ice. And Kellen reaches back and slaps the puck down with his stick and and gets it. In that case, he would likely be credited with a takeaway because he made a strong play to win the puck back for his team. So it's it's not like. Um, I guess it wouldn't be in foot like in football. The quarterback throws an interception. He gets an interception in his interception column, and the defensive back gets credited for an interception as a defensive stat. It's either a giveaway or a takeaway. That's how it's explained to me. Now, I'm sure many of you would watch the game and perhaps have different opinions on some of these. According to the NHL stat sheet, uh, Evan Bouchard had two of the Oilers' 17 giveaways in the game against the Vancouver Canucks. The game leader on Wednesday night, the the player with the most giveaways in the game, the Oilers had 17, the Canucks had 10. I think that's probably indicative of how it went because the Oilers were pretty sloppy with the puck, especially in the first two periods. The uh, So of the 27 giveaways in the game, one player had almost a fifth of them. Kellen, do you want to guess who that was? You're probably smart enough to figure this out. Uh... You know what? <laughs> I, you, you, I am not. So uh, I'll take a, a guess and I'll say. Give you a uh, hint. I'll give you a hint. He's the high, he's the highest scoring player in the league. Oh well, there we go. Connor McDavid had the most yeah. giveaways in that game. Now he has the puck a lot, and he also uh, made a couple of ill-advised plays. So uh, McDavid with five giveaways on in the game. The player with the most giveaways for the Canucks, Elias Pettersson, who had three of their ten. So. Uh, 
just interesting how they uh, how they do that stat. And a lot of times, the players who have the puck the most mm-hmm. wind up with the most giveaways because they also make the most plays. But sometimes they uh, they turn it over. So and I would take either on my fantasy hockey team. So there we go. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> but but you know, fair a fair comment from that texture. I didn't think Bouchard had, had a great game, but uh, I, I wouldn't. Really, again, I don't think he was the Oiler only Oiler in that category. I mean, Durst didn't have a great first period, took an awful penalty, made a couple nice plays on the shorthanded goal and on, on the empty net goal. I mean, in the end, the Oilers uh, did more to figure it out. 780-496-0063 if you want to chime in. Here's what's going on in the National Hockey League tonight. Lightning lead the Blue Jackets 4-2. That's with six and a half minutes left in the second period. Canadians and Wings scoreless in the second. Detroit out shooting the Canadians 32-15. Six minutes left in the first. Jets up 1-0 on the Rangers. Shifley has his first of the season. Later, the Sharks 0-2 will host the 1-0 Hurricanes. Baseball, Dodgers and Padres just getting underway. Cleveland over the Yankees, 4-2 in 10 innings. That series is tied 1-1. Phillies all over Atlanta, 9-1 is the final. Phillies go up 2-1 in that series. In the CFL at halftime, a lot of points in this one. Ottawa, 24, Montreal, 17. Later tonight, Hamilton at Calgary. Tomorrow on Kissin' Country, 103-9. Toronto at the Elks, 3-30 for the countdown to kickoff game at 5. And right here on 6-30, Chad, I'll have the face-off show at 6-30. The game is at 8 as the Oilers take on the Calgary Flames. All right, and we got a new addition to the roster here on 6-30, Chad, Inside Sports. He is presented by Avalon Foundation Repair, Western Canada's leading basement waterproofing company for over 50 years, home of the lifetime warranty, former Edmonton Oiler, now also doing some work with Sportsnet. It is Luke Gazdick. Luke, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I am great, Reed. Excited to do this. Excited to get this going, and it's great to have hockey back, buddy. It is great to have hockey back, and we're happy to have you as a regular throughout the season now. I know we've talked a few times in the past, but uh, really glad that you're going to be lending your voice to the show on a regular basis. We're going to have some fun. We're going to break down some stuff going on with the Oilers and uh, around the National Hockey League. Now, they, they made it through training camp here. And I'll just quickly set this up for everybody because uh, when we were talking a few weeks ago, you said, where is training camp? And I said, it's at Rogers Place. And you said, yeah, but sometimes they need another rink if Rogers Place is busy. And I said, yeah, they go over to the downtown community arena, which is obviously connected. Uh, And that brought a certain arena, name the Russ Barnes, into your your mind, where I covered practices a few days. It was near Northlands, but not connected to Northlands. Um, So uh, how, how did that logistically work for you guys to go do practices there when needed? So I'll preface this by saying Godspeed to places like Russ Barnes that are still open and still around. I, I am in the north end of Toronto. We still have some of those old school rinks, but whenever I would walk into the rink and see that practice was at Russ Barnes, my heart would drop just because it was one of those things where we go to the rink, you get your food, uh, you warm up, you have a meeting, um, you usually get a little lift in, a little uh, workout, and with Rusty Barnes, we call it the Rusty Barnes. We had to dress and drive. So you dress in your full gear, most guys, everything but your skates, gloves, helmet, everything. And we would pile up the trucks. We would have guys that have trucks throw your bags in the back with the rest of the skates and and huff it over there to Russ Barnes. So I, hadn't been, I haven't been there in forever, but it was usually days where just the healthy scratches and the extra guys. 
So I remember specifically, sorry, I'll keep going. if. Oh, absolutely. I, uh, I remember I had all my buddies in town one weekend. So I got a group of guys that I went to high school with here. And so they fly out. They're all staying with me and at the hotel and whatever. And we played Buffalo on a Thursday night. I think we lost two to one. They were the worst team in the league. I couldn't believe we lost. I fought, I think I fought Zen and Kanopka that night. And so we go out with the guys and whatever, and all my buddies, and you know, they want to get after it. So we're having a couple beverages, whatever. They stay out way later than me. I, I, I go, boys, I'm, I got to skate tomorrow morning. So I'm, I'm gone. So they all sleep at my house. I get to the rink and not hungover, I won't say that, but I was moving a little slow that morning. And you just see the dreaded Russ Barnes on the board. <laughs> and it's just so deflating. And I had fought, I had knocked out Kevin Westgarth a couple weeks before, and we were playing Calgary the next night. And uh, so there was a media storm at Russ Barnes. Like there was like, you were there. I remember you were there. And it's all like, oh, you know, like expecting some retribution from Kevin Westgarth. So I have to talk about this interview. My face is pale as a ghost. I just got bag skated. And my buddies are all at my apartment. They say they flick on the TV, turn on Sportsnet, and who's on there? It's just my pale white face talking about having to fight what Kevin Westgarth the next night. So I have some fond memories of, of Rusty Barnes Arena. Uh, well, I, I apologize if I don't remember that specific media scrum, but I do remember covering some practices there. Yeah. And uh, that's incredible. You guys dressed and drive. Like I remember when, when I was like six, I would get dressed at home and we'd drive into Evansburg and I'd play minor hockey. Uh, anyway. oh, the best, the best was pulling up beside people in the truck and they look over and I got my helmet, I got my full gear and my helmet on. We got five seats with five guys all smushed in there with gear and you'd see cars till we have our windows down waving at people and you know, people just thought it was hilarious. You just get laughs all over, all over the place in Edmonton there. You guys drove with your helmet. Well, I guess there was no room. Oh, yeah. Five of you packed in. I mean, some guys throw them in, in the bag. We have all the skates in a couple bags, and some guys leave the helmets. But I thought it was funnier just to be wearing the helmet and the visor, cruising down in your uh, F-150, or I was driving a, I was driving a Silverado at the time, cruising around with your Oilers gear on. <laughs> so the one thing I remember about their um, – it always seemed like it was incredibly cold, both outdoors and indoors, whenever a practice got moved there. And I remember, because it's not a big rink, right? And I just remember it always felt very loud in there because you have 20 to 25 NHL players shooting the puck at their velocity off the boards all at the same time in this relatively small arena with the sound just reverberating around. Oh, yeah. I, re I remember just walking in there and being like, almost having like sensory overload with just all the, oh, yeah. all the noise. Everyone, everyone in a kilometer radius knows if you miss the net because if you hit the boards or the glass the whole arena would shake <laughs> and thank goodness for those skates we didn't have dallas eakins there he would uh, he, he doesn't yell but he does raise his voice sometimes but we had steve smith and kelly buckberger and woody acton and they were all really kind of kind of old school calm. So there wasn't too much yelling going on at Russ Farms, but you, you definitely wanted to be hitting the net. That was for sure. It was cold and, and just dark. And I have fond memories, but now that I'm thinking about it, they were kind of miserable. <laughs> Luke Yazdick joining us tonight on Inside Sports. Well, thanks for uh, for sharing that. Uh, the Oilers are 1-0 game coming up tomorrow against the Calgary Flames. The, the game against Vancouver, um, Man, oh, man, they didn't look sharp, especially for about 40 minutes. Special teams and goaltending, I thought, were big. And uh, obviously, in the end, you, you know, the Oilers got Connor, which some nights is uh, is going to make the difference. What, what did you think of that game? And, like, is opening night jitter, jitters a, a real thing, even for an experienced team? I'm just wondering what you saw. 
I definitely saw some jitters, and it was interesting. Uh, I was there last week. Um, I was in the, the the lounge actually, just talking to some of the guys, and not even in the lounge, just kind of just around. And guys were really antsy to get the season going. They still had that that Friday night game for Seattle, and I won't tell you a couple of couple of things, but. Uh, guys were just chomping at the bit. And I've seen a big difference. Um, you look at teams like the Leafs here about having your, your your season opener on the road versus at home. So the Leafs kind of got that first game to to shake the rust off where the Oilers just started right right, right at home. And, and there can be some, some jitters and nerves. And I definitely saw that in the first period. And give Vancouver credit, man. They got some firepower. That JT Miller, Elias Patterson. Uh, I know Besser's a little banged up right now, but... I mean, every team in the league is good now. You can't be spotting teams three goal leads. But, I mean, 97 and 29 decided they wanted to turn it on. And it's not just those two players, but you can see how the team jumps on their back as soon as, as, soon as they transition into, into that, uh, that kind of mode. And the whole team jumped on their back. And I thought Supi looked good in there, too. He made the big saves when he had to. And uh, it was definitely Connor's night, but it was overall great 40 minutes by the team, but it's going to have to be a full 60 versus this Calgary team on Saturday. Uh, something I was talking about on the show last night. What did you think of Kane dropping the puck to McDavid? Everybody was thrilled with the hat trick. Did have a couple callers last night say, you know, great play, good moment. But if that pass is missed and Vancouver goes the other way and scores, the, <laughs> we're talking about something totally different on the I know, show. you don't want one of those Patrick Steffen situations right. back in 07 or whatever it was when uh, Smitty or Hammer came back down with the puck. You don't want one of those. But if it were me, I'm scoring that goal. You know, Connor's got enough. He's going to get enough hat tricks. He'll, he'll have another hat trick this year. I think he scores 50 this year. So if I'm Kaner, I'm putting that right down the pipe with 40 left. But uh, definitely an unselfish play. And I'm sure Evander's going to have a lot of chances here this year as well, playing with Connor. So nice little uh, nice little touch there. I, I actually didn't mind it. But if it's me, I'm going... I'm going straight to the back of the mesh there. Yeah. Uh, I asked Kane what it would have taken for him to shoot on that play, and he said, well, if I were on my forehand, but I don't know. He's <laughs> yeah. he, might have, he might have been joking around a bit too. But all right, so the Battle of Alberta tomorrow, it's the only time they're going to play here in the regular season, which is a little unfortunate, but that's how the schedule rotation goes this year. You you mentioned uh, your fight with Westgart, which stands out from, I guess, the a, a recent past year of the Battle of Alberta. But as you know, the teams went 31 years without meeting in the postseason, which is where a lot of the memories are made. I'm wondering, you know, when you played here and and you have, you know, people my age that saw those BOAs when I was a kid and or were hoping they would come back, did you get ever tired of hearing about the 80s and the early 90s? Or would you think like, yeah, I want to be part of that too? I'm just wondering how you you process sometimes being asked about or compared to an era of hockey that you weren't alive for. <laughs> well, I think that comes with anything, not just the BLA, but playing for the Oilers. I think it's, it's hard to, um, it's hard to not look at the past and talk about it when there's so many former alumni and, and you just talk about the history and the traditions of the organization. It's hard not to think about that. I always tried to make it old school <laughs> when I was, when I was playing in those games, I, I, I was doing my part to bring back the eighties, the eighties and early nineties style in the BOA. But yeah, playing for Edmonton, it, it's not hard. It's not easy to, to, to uh, forget that stuff. Just when you have so many pe people pass, you know, present around that, that had been a part of it. Yeah. 
Okay. Well, I, everybody's hoping that it's going to lead up to another postseason game, though. I, I know we're a long way from that for sure. All right, Luke, uh, this was fun. Thanks for your perspective. Thanks for the uh, Russ Barnes memories. Uh, I'll have to, did you ever go to Leduc too? I remember you guys, well, maybe go some Oh, yeah. Leduc every first. time we, uh, I don't think they do it now, but every time no. we flew out on the road, we practice in Leduc first and then uh, huff the bags over to the, to the airport and get on the road. But th those were always tough. It's a good setup they have now. I saw what they got going on there when I was there last week, and that's no Rexall. I loved Rexall, but <laughs> Rogers is no Rexall. So, I mean, Rexall's no Rogers, but yeah. Um, yeah. Right on. All right, Luke, thank you so much. We'll talk to you again in a couple of weeks. All right. Thanks, Reed. Talk to you soon. Yeah, absolutely. Luke Gazdick, he's going to be a regular here on Inside Sports. He'll join us every couple of weeks. Fun stories there. Man, oh, man, NHL players dressing and driving to go from Rexall Place to the Russ Barnes Arena. Uh, Luke, of course, is presented by Avalon Foundation Repair, Western Canada's leading basement waterproofing company for over 50 years home of the lifetime warranty. Thanks for to Avalon Foundation Repair for being on board on Inside Sports for another season. All right, Kellen, I got an idea for an off-topic topic from people. 780-496-0063. They're, uh... Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm going to say favorite arena in Edmonton and area. And obviously, I'm talking about an arena that primarily hosts minor hockey, and I'm going to put favorite in quotation marks because maybe it's your favorite because it's just kind of not that great. You know what I'm getting at? Oh, yeah. Fair enough. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, and as, and as, as I often say when, as when I, you know, I, I say this when I talk about high school sports, I, I've lived in Edmonton almost all of my adult life, but I didn't grow up here. So... When I talk about high school sports, I often say I don't know all the high school rivalries. And because I didn't play minor hockey in Edmonton, I don't know all the neighborhood arenas that probably a lot of people who grew up here would have been playing in when they would have been playing minor hockey or doing whatever they did on the ice. So 780-496-0063, your favorite Edmonton arena, not Rogers Place, and uh, and why, of course, or something that gives it its mystique or its charm or its lack of charm. We can do that as a Friday night off-topic topic. Back in a couple of minutes, Inside Sports on Chet. Subscribe to the Inside Sports Podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. This is 630 Chad Inside Sports. a good track you need all right to take <laughs> uh so luke gazdick telling stories about practicing as an oiler in the uh, russ barnes arena and uh, i have asked you your favorite in quotation marks arena in edmonton talking about where you'd play minor hockey not where you'd go to watch the oilers or the oil kings or even the golden bears uh kellen what do we have uh we'll start with kevin he says that his favorite was the faucet arena natural ice 
Apparently there's Natural Ice at the Fawcett Arena, and that made it his favorite. So there's one for that one. Uh, two okay. quick ones to uh, that's a, I think that's oh, I think go. Fawcett's a town. I don't think that's in Edmonton, which is fine. Um, I just looked up. Yeah, Fawcett is uh, kind of near Athabasca. Okay, there we go. And we got two here. We got one from Bruce who said his favorite arena was the old Sportex before they tore it down because he used to ref minor hockey uh, games, so he would just wrap up on one sheet and jump over to the next sheet for the next game. It made oh, life cool. easy. So there you go. That's a good one. The Sportex. Yeah, that's nice. And we got one for the Northeast Zone, which warms my heart. It's that's from your an, zone. Un, that's my zone, yeah. And I know this brings very well because it's where I learned how to skate. Uh, one for the Londonderry Arena from an unknown oh, texter, but there we go. So, what's the, Tell me something unique about the Londonderry Arena, Kellen. Uh, just, just sentimental for you. Yeah, it's, well, it's where I learned how to skate, and uh, the boards uh, at one end of the ice I found were, like, really hard because I could not stop properly, so I always oh. end up running into the board, so. <laughs> the boards are too hard. That's right. Okay. That's fun. We got the 7 o'clock news and weather here. Blake Dermott is coming up. It's Inside Sports on Chet.